Come aboard for a thoughtfully curated cultural experience designed for those who believe that head and heart can guide your preferences in art. Those who enjoy the adjectives bougie and fine with an occasional ratchet chaser. Where rhythm and laughter are mandatory and pretense is prohibited. You have arrived at your destination. Welcome to Qualified Cool. Greetings, listeners. This is your Vibe Mistress, Stephanie Renee, and I am happy to bring you a new episode of the Qualified Cool podcast. The hiatus we took was unplanned and was the result of life getting in the way, but we hope you're ready to tune in to more great conversations with accomplished members of our creative community. This episode features my recent conversation with poet, author, and screenwriter Kwame Alexander. He and I had an opportunity to catch up face-to-face here in Philadelphia for the first time in a long time as Kwame was in town promoting his latest nonfiction bestseller, a memoir titled Why Fathers Cry at Night. Our chat was largely personal, full of laughter, reminiscences, and thoughtful reflection on our history and friendship, and you are invited to listen in. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Stephanie Renee, and we are here at the lovely Uncle Bobby's Bookstore. We got an audience. We got an audience. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, there are other folks that were, were going to be disturbing for just a minute while we do this conversation. No, it's fine. Um, but next to me is one of my long-standing brothers in the word, and I say that because as writers, as spoken word artists, as just general people who love writing and love engaging people around text and the possibilities of language. Kwame Alexander is definitely (coughs) my brother in that regard. And I'm so glad that you were in town. I know, it's been so long since we've seen each other. Listen, so so let, let's talk a little bit about some of that history because I know that some of you who follow me, some of you know me from my years at WURD, of course, but prior to that, there are a whole host of people who know me only as a vocalist. And then there are people even earlier than that, who know me only as a spoken word artist. And so that is where this man comes in. We were just talking about it as I walked in 20 years, yep. at least, yeah, yeah. as friends. And so I can't remember when we first met. It was the early 1990s. But I want to say that, it was it in relation to Tacoma Station? Oh, yeah, it was. See, okay. So to, let, let's start. Tell the people about that venue and the welcoming stage for spoken word artists. Actually, I don't poets. even know if it was Tacoma Station. I feel like it was Zanzibar Blue. Oh, Lord. Before Tacoma Station. Were, weren't you there? Yes. But, right? but so, so, so there's a lot, so yeah, there's a lot of, of mixing and merging because the poetry was rarely on its own. If you weren't a slam poet, like right. if you didn't compete specifically in that space, then a lot of this kind of familiarity with poetry and being on stage was incorporated with music. With music. Warren Ori? Yes. Jazz band? Yes. Right? <laughs> At the old Zanzibar Blue on 11th Street. Just I, just so we're clear. I used to drive up with a friend of mine named Omar Tyree and and we would all Rich Medina was like it was yes. it was the whole old school. It was everybody. Yes. But yeah, I started doing this event in DC trying to mirror what y'all did at Tacoma Station and it was a a poetry slam with a live jazz band. And it was every first Friday. 
and I feel like you were there either as a special guest or competing. Yeah, I mean, a lot. so the thing is, right, sometimes people associate me with Philly so much that you forget I'm a D.C. girl by birth. And so I used to put a lot of mileage on my various vehicles, right? going up and down the highway to be at home and, and just be in those venues and be yeah. a part of that community yeah. and up. Going to New York and doing the same thing, but Tacoma Brooklyn Station, Moon, yes, New Yorkian, New Yorkian, yeah. And and Brooklyn Moon was really my home away from home when I was doing theater because that's when. So that's probably the first place that I saw Jessica, yep, care me more, too. me too. Uh, saw well, no, I saw Saul probably first in DC. Okay, but um, uh, the Vibe Chameleons, yep. and just it was just a family of 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 writers and poets yes. who were who loved what we did. We loved writing. We wrote because it was our passion and we believed that we had something to say and something worth hearing. And we were all just like this one family. I mean, it was like these pockets. It was, you know, I remember all the poets from Philly. Of course, Zanzibar was the only place I remember ever performing at. DC had Tacoma Station, It's Your Mug. New York had Brooklyn Moon. LA had World Stage. I want to say I have a picture of you at Buttermilk, though. Oh, I was gonna say, what's his name? <laughs> so, so DJ Kumar, cool DJ Marv, uh, Jeannie Q, and and Kenny Wells. Yeah, yeah. So, buttermilk, yeah. B U T T A. A. Get it right. I'll, I'll share this on the because they have a page. So mm-hmm. yeah, on Facebook. So I'll share it there as well. It was but a yeah. good time. We all supported each other, and it was nothing but love. Yeah. And beautiful, beautiful poets and writing. Absolutely. And this is before Love Jones, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah. I feel the need to say that because a lot of people feel like it all started no. with the the popularity of a film, but no. Love Jones started happened. because of yes. all the stuff that was happening around the country. Yes. Absolutely. So, man, so the your evolution right. from this to all of the stuff that you've got going on, because we reconnected. So yeah. beyond Tacoma Station and, and the up and down the 95 corridor doing the poetry thing, we reconnected when you started doing children's books and you did the text for a book for National Geographic that was all about the animals. Right. And I interviewed you when I was at work. Oh, right. For I that feel like it book. was a late night show. It wasn't? It, that, at that point, it might have been. Yeah. But, but, you know, I was like, ah, when I got, when I got the press about right. that book, I was like, I know him. We're going right. to get him on the show and we're going to talk about this. So, from poetry to mm-hmm. children's books, yeah. let's talk about that transition. I had, a, I had my second daughter was born in 2008, and I was like, I want to write stuff for her. Mm-hmm. So, all the love poems, all the like, I'm the blues in your left eye, the funk, all that stuff. That changed. My sensibilities changed. And I began to write stories and poems for my then newborn daughter. Mm-hmm. And, and that turned into me writing a book about jazz music for her called Acoustic Rooster. Um, and then I was like, I kind of like this children's book thing. And, and I started writing more children's books. But it, but it started because of my sensibilities had changed being a, a new father. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just never turned back. That was 2008. And then, you know, it's 2023 and I've written 39 books. I, I, listen, I, I want you all to know that I have a, an, an alert set up on my Alexa. 
<laughs> for when new books get released. So Alexa will tell me when I can go to Amazon and get them. But this is so this has been this has been a ride because beautiful books yeah. for the baby girl yeah. evolving into television projects yeah. and and incorporating more of these wonderful people that we met as a part of the spoken word community. Right. So so let's remind people where they might have seen some of your work outside um, of the printed page. So um, I got a TV show mm-hmm. on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. It's called The Crossover, and it's based on one of my novels. And it's, it's, it's a novel called The Crossover. It came out in 2014. And so the show is on Disney Plus now. We shot it in New Orleans last last summer, the summer before one last. One of my favorite places on the planet. Oppressively hot and the best food ever. <laughs> um, but we shot it there, and... The two, the two main characters are twin brothers, Josh and JB. And, they're, and, and one of the brothers is a poet. And so the actor we cast, don't know nothing about poetry, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I was like, we about to put him through a boot camp. And they were like, Kwame, are you gonna do it? I was like, no, I'm gonna get the person who really taught me. And does boot camps. Tony Blackman. <laughs> Tony Blackman. Tony. Tony Blackman came down. Tony Blackman did like six month boot camp with all the kids on the crossover to teach them how to do poetry. And of course, what did she do? She had them listen to the last poets. She had them listen to Wadu. She had them listen to Jill's first CD. She had them reading Sonia Sanchez haiku. Like. She had these 12 and 13 year olds immersed in poetry. It yes. was like an MFA. Yes. And it, and, it, and it culminated in a big poetry open mic we did on set. And when you watch the show, you will see these kids like they know poetry. <laughs> and love way. it. And love it. That's the thing. <laughs> she had them writing freestyle. Because you know Tony freestyle. Yes. She had them freestyle. So all along the way, you know, everything I've done from the theater to the the movies to the TV show, I've tried to remember the people who, who, who were with me from the beginning, who I learned a lot from, like Tony, like John Ashford, who, yes. did, all, who did artwork for episode three of the crossover. Beautiful, beautiful work. And now we're doing this cartoon um, with PBS called Acoustic Roosters Barnyard Band. And we've been talking about a certain, we've been talking to a certain jazz singer about being one of the char- voices of the characters, but I ain't saying no names. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. For, and putting for those it out of there. You, look, shout out, shout out to my friend, Dr. Kathleen Walls, for Froggy T and Bunny, because that was the beginning of me saying, you know what? I really, I, w- I would like to do an animated character. Now, you know. Things are still in the works, but we're just saying I yeah. pre- I appreciate even oh, the yeah. even the conversation around it because Steph loved the kids. Absolutely. And Absolutely. and we gotta keep this elevating. But fatherhood has really been this major inspiration for you to write things for your daughter, but it's also been a point of exploration for you to share the journey. I and, feel like I feel like you talking about this new book right here. <laughs> Why fathers cry at night. It's hard to talk about this book without crying. And I don't feel like, well, I got my, sun, my sunglasses on so y'all can see me. But no, I, um, I have two daughters. Parenting is the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm. It's, it's harder than any job I've had. 
it's the most rewarding also. And so I have um, been thinking a lot about the relationship that I have with my daughters and the relationship I have with my father mm-hmm. and the relationship that I had with my mother before she passed and the one that I still want to have with her now that she's no longer here physically. Say that. So I am trying to figure all that out. And so exploring my fatherhood and my being a son, it all came out in this memoir, mm-hmm. which is probably the hardest book I've ever written. To write about yourself and put your business out on the streets. Mm-hmm. People, people who follow me know that this has been a real journey for me. When you said have the relationship you want to still have with your mother Shame because she's transitioned, the the. That is so necessary, and I'm in the process. People who know me know that I've been working on my family history for a long time, and this project that I'm working on now, now that I have more of my time than myself, um, in, is in earnest that process. Because my mother's been gone since I was 11. My mother's been gone since 82. Wow. And this notion of all that I didn't know, all that I didn't get a chance to ask, and all that I'm, I'm trying to explore through that. So I, I relate to what you said about that very concretely. But hey, y'all, everybody's relationship with that parental figure can be challenging. It can be beautiful. It can be challenging. But if you need a book that helps you find the space to process some mm, of that, mm. that's what this is about. It, as you heard him say, it ain't easy. Right. So let's let's have more opportunities to dialogue about what the journey is. Yeah. And, yeah. and the realizations that you come to or keep coming to. Yeah, because I'm, you know, this is a book that I chronicle parts of my life, in particular my love life. Mm-hmm. But I'm also, it's in real time. So every day I'm learning something new <laughs> and something's being revealed. Yeah. And so my perspective is changing. Yeah. So I was just, you know, I'm here in Philly on book tour. And... Last week, I was in on the West Coast, and the way I answered some questions last week may not be the way I answer them this week, <laughs> right. because I'm learning and growing on the job. Yes. As I write about in the book, I borrowed this phrase from my friend Christine Platt, I'm, a, I'm not a grown man, I'm a growing man. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, I, I, I hear that, and I feel that, mm-hmm. and your book is an exploration of this other journey, right? Of trying so, to get to the joy. To the joy. Of understanding the pain, of understanding the woe, so that you can be able to appreciate the wonder mm-hmm. of looking at some of the tragedy while acknowledging the triumph. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. See, you, that's how you know he's a wordsmith. Y'all hear that? Y'all hear that alliteration <laughs> up in there? <laughs> No, because there are a lot of people that are going to watch this either in real time or in the playback right. who think they have a story to tell. Sure. Right? right? And so what advice do you have for people who are trying to find a way to get the words out? Right. I mean, there's, we're, we're in the middle of a bookstore. Mm-hmm. Like the best way to be inspired, to be impacted, to, to get a spark to write is by reading. Like, you got to read as much as possible. So I just came here and bought Fat Joe's memoir. I bought this novel called Yellow Face. I bought some poems by Natalie Diaz. Like, 
I I'm in, I find myself inspired by other people writing, and and I feel like if you want to write something, or if you feel like you have a story to tell, just go read, read as much as possible, and then just start journaling, just putting stuff down on paper, you know, just write something every day or or every other day or before you go to bed. That's 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 the advice I have. And I need to echo because I need to acknowledge this publicly because that is advice that Mama Sonia gave me years ago. She said, "Keep a journal by your bed." She said, "Cause I know you. You're one of the ones that gets tied up and you're busy all day long. So at night, when you're winding down, when that creativity gets released, have some place where you can chronicle it and you can come back and develop it into something later. But get the ideas out." And honestly, this this piece that I'm working on with my family history has come to me precisely in that way. I'll wake up and I'll do type notes on my phone, yeah, so that yeah. I can I can get back to what it is I'm actually trying to say. And so, um, the uh, this I'm not a parent by choice, right? Because I went through enough and found out enough where I was like, I don't know that I'm equipped mm. to do this properly. Yeah. So you know, let me not let me not bring damage into this space right. Right? right but i can my my journey in in reading books like yours and in thinking about this is to parent little stephanie mm-hmm. because she needed a lot right That's and deep. didn't necessarily get it so i gotta i gotta parent her so that adult me mm-hmm. continues to to prosper in this space oh, that's beautiful and, that's and beautiful. be what i'm trying to be to so little stephanie <laughs> You know, I love that. It's a, it's a necessary thing. So I thank you for also giving people so much material to work with, whether mm-hmm. they're trying to look for material for their little people mm-hmm. that will inspire mm-hmm. them and, and, and bring joy into their lives, or if they're along the journey with you. I appreciate that. Trying to that. figure that parenting no, thing out. You're welcome. And it's just good to reconnect with you. You know, it's 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 beautiful to to have those those anchors in your life that remind you of where you come from Show enough. and you know and who what village you're a part of yes say that you know that <laughs> that that just feels good it feels good and i'm hoping you can suggest some places in philly i can eat lunch today oh yes there because there are plenty because i'm hungry so i got you i got you we'll work that out for sure yeah. <laughs> kwame alexander his book on finding this journey how he finds this journey to parenthood and those of you thinking about it in the middle of it on the tail end of it with the grown ones that might be circling back around to your house you never know where you might come in on that conversation (laughs) but Kwame's book will definitely have some advice for you so I thank you for just you know giving us a few moments here sitting up in Uncle Bobby's bookshop again you got to read in order to write well. So support Uncle Bobby's. It is an anchor here in Germantown in the black cultural community. And we want it to stick around for a long time. For more information on Kwame's published titles for both adults and children, and for details on his upcoming appearances, visit KwameAlexander.com. Kwame will be featured at several events at the Martha's Vineyard Book Festival in early August 2023. And be sure to check out the Disney Plus series, The Crossover, based on his book by the same name. Thanks for tuning in to Qualify Cool. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming content, which will be coming more regularly from here on out, I promise.
The video version of this conversation is available on our IG feed at Soul Sank PHL and on the Soul Sanctuary Inc. YouTube channel. I'm your vibe mistress, Stephanie Renee, on behalf of the Soul Sanctuary Media family. Take care. The Qualified Cool Podcast is a production of Soul Sanctuary Incorporated. Visit us online at soul-sanctuary.net and on Twitter and Insta at PHL. Subscribe to the feed, tell your friends, and stay tuned for the next episode.